Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Socialized Podcast, where the I stand for introverts. I'm your host, Skylar. And I'm Eli. I don't know why I said my full name. It's okay. <laughs> I never say my full name. <laughs> it's okay. Um, and welcome to uh, episode three. It's It's been a hot minute. It's been like three months. I know. We've been really busy. That? Scotty. What's he's he he's looking our bed again i have no idea why oh my god okay well we're doing a new setup and hopefully uh audio sounds better than normal and if it does then that means the episode was published and people can hear it which is great but let's uh catch our listeners up on what's been happening lately um we got engaged in july <laughs> yep we went to to disneyland and uh i went ahead and popped the question yeah. She uh, regrettably said yes, but, you know. <laughs> you make it sound like it was, like, the worst decision of my life. Oh, no. I was just, I'm just making a joke. <laughs> no, yeah, I know. But we've been dating for, like, what, almost six years now? Six whole years. I know. It's almost. Been, it's almost. It's almost. been, like, five and a half. It'll be six it, years not, on a Five and, like, three-fourths. It's, like, <laughs> almost there. Yeah, but who's counting, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, yeah, we went to Disneyland. Uh, how was your experience, would you say? Uh, I'd say that the engagement was great, but the overall trip could have been better. You didn't like Disneyland? Well, it was just like the the Disneyland experience was a little like rushed because we were trying to fit everything in two days. Yeah, that's what happens when you try to stuff two parks worth of events and rides into like a weekend. Yeah, so it was a little it was a little like crammed, but. It was still fun. Like Rise of the Resistance was an amazing ride, so that that made up for the oh, whole no, weekend. Oh no, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it also helped that I kind of like did a little research on like Reddit and stuff to look and see how virtual queue works. Because if I didn't do that, we definitely would not have been able to ride those rides. And we were able to ride everything we wanted to, so that's yeah. also nice. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, Disneyland was fun. We went Fourth of July, and it was as busy as COVID Disneyland probably would be. Like it wasn't. It definitely wasn't terrible. There have been there were parts where like there was no one there, like the animation uh gallery. Oh yeah, it well, was empty. I mean, we the were like the only people in there. The animation gallery, the Looney Tunes area or whatever, uh, the city, like or the, like the Main Street. Basically. Yeah, Main Street like was Hollywood completely empty. So that was a definitely nice to see, so that way you didn't feel like you're crowded. Yeah, like obviously the park was crowded, but for the square footage of Disneyland comparatively to the number of people it definitely was not as full as it should have been on a fourth of july weekend it definitely felt a lot a lot smaller Ew. of an amount of people <laughs> it didn't even pick up anything and you don't like, know that <laughs> i literally like went like that and everything anyways um but yeah it was a it was a good trip solid yeah i mean what else happened we uh, saw Shang Chi, of course, because we, we did. keep up with all Marvel movies. We I keep mean, up we with everything. Have to. We kind of have to related at this to point. Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, oh well, didn't we also watch a uh, like WandaVision didn't come out before the engagement, but uh, I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier came out uh, after. What do you mean, Falcon and Winter Soldier, the Marvel show? Uh, I don't. Did we talk about it? I don't think we did, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know if we did. So mm. we, we, those are that's two Marvel series we haven't talked about. Well, I mean, we briefly discussed them, I think. But I think we definitely talked about Loki for a little bit. 
Didn't, oh, I, no, I don't we know. Never you know, you know what? Yeah, because we that's were, for sure. Because we when I recorded that episode, uh, the audio got yep, ruined. It went to crap. So yeah, yeah. We, we saw we saw all the Marvel shows. So Loki, WandaVision, and uh, and Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So those were all great. They all set up a beautiful future for Marvel. The multiverse is finally a thing. That's all I can really say. Um, and if you guys haven't watched it yet, you, you 100% have to. It's Marvel is knocking it out of the park left and right. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's coming from a biased perspective. But they are saying that like the shows aren't necessary to watch if you're just watching the movies. Yeah, but like the amount of world building and development that the shows do... It's so, so good. Yeah. Like, it, it's the kind of world building that you'd expect, like, a show like, you know, Walking Dead or, you know, Game of Thrones. You're or naming shows, shows that are just and... going to shit at this point. Okay, <laughs> yes, I understand. But in the in their heydays, everyone loved those shows, right? That's true. And that's what I mean. It's like, the, the ser- Marvel series are doing the type of world building that those shows were acclaimed for, you know, previous to their going to shit. <laughs> Yeah, like, when it came to WandaVision, you know, it was a slow... It was a slow burn, but it it, was it combusted burn. at the end. Like, yeah. really, really good. And I think making WandaVision their first show is very um, risky because a lot of people are used to the fast pace of MCU movies, right? So you look at any of their movies, it's like action after action after action, but it's like... With the show, you kind of have to wait it out like you normally would for any other show you would want to watch, right? And people aren't used to it. But also, it made it so that way the other shows were just that much better. Because they literally popped off immediately. And WandaVision's ending was just so massive. I feel like it kind of defeats the whole, it was a super slow burn and therefore it was bad. Like, it, when you have an ending that's that good... It kind of makes it irrelevant. Like, some people don't think that Endgame is as strong of a Marvel movie as other movies. But let's just look at the sales. Clearly, people didn't dig the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think for us, when it came to Endgame, I don't know if we talked about this. We probably didn't. But when it came to Endgame, our experience kind of got ruined. Because we saw the movie with friends, but then the all of the theaters got cut out. There was a blackout at yeah, the mall. At like the last 15 minutes. Basically, Thanos was sitting after he like lost. The movie is like two years old, three years old at this point. So I don't if, feel like yeah, if anyone If necessary. anyone hasn't seen it, it's pretty much you're under a rock. <laughs> yeah, but um, Thanos was just sitting there after like he lost and we didn't know what happened to him. So then we had to like get another showing and to see the rest yeah we had to sit for like another hour and a half or an hour and 45 minutes just to get to the last 15 that we didn't see and i think that's why i think infinity war was better than endgame in my opinion so the experience of an infinity war was better than the experience of endgame yeah i can agree to that that the experience was Definitely way better in Infinity War. But do you think Endgame as a whole movie was better than Infinity War? I think that Endgame had way more holy effing S than Infinity War did. Like, the 
I guess like kind of try not to swear after I just said shit like whatever whatever (laughs) I didn't know if we were okay with it but anyway Endgame had literally so many moments where you're just like holy shit that's happening oh my god I cannot believe it holy crap like it, it just had so many moments where you're just like your breath is taken away and Infinity War had those moments too but Endgame was like next level like oh uh, Cap did the Hail Hydra thing, so it was leaking to Cap being a Hydra agent. And Cap literally lifts Mjornir. Like, there, <laughs> there was no hyper moment in the movie theater than when he lift Mjornir. Literally every single movie theater, the first viewing, I've seen so many YouTube clips of people being like, this was our theater. Everyone was screaming. Yeah. Literally screaming. Like, it's that, that level of hype. It's just unmatched in any Marvel experience. Yeah. And that's I'm, why... Sorry. <laughs> I'm looking back at our episodes, and apparently episode two, we talk about MCU expectations. So I'm wondering if we're repeating the same stuff we talked about last yep. episode. Okay. So we'll, we'll cut off well, from Endgame. <laughs> you know, I think we were more talking about, like... Because I think Loki was coming out when we were recording episode two. Yeah. And honestly, from watching Loki, I can definitely say that uh, Marvel has a lot more tricks up their sleeves than we thought they did. Because I wasn't expecting the ending we got from Loki. Well, yeah, Loki basically introducing all of the multiverse as well as the whole time variance authority. Uh, spoiler alert, that's kind of a main plot point in Loki. Is that a spoiler, though? I don't know. I mean, it depends on what someone would quantify as a spoiler. I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, I think Loki's off to a really strong start. I think it's very ambitious to call it like a seasonal show because well, I didn't think that Loki would be more than one season. Well, yeah, Falcon and Winter Soldier is getting a season two, and Loki's getting a season two. Oh, I didn't know Falcon's Winter Soldier. You literally was said one. it's going. No, to I didn't. I didn't see it. Literally at the end credits of the last episode, they say Falcon and Winter Soldier will return. Okay, for like MCU purposes, yeah, but not no, as like another the series, season. The series. Oh, will I didn't return. know that. Yeah. The Caesar, the series will return. And in my opinion, that's great because Captain Falcon or yeah. Or <laughs> Falcon. Captain, Cal- <laughs> well, Captain Falcon. It well, might as well I be mean, that title. It, pretty much, yeah. But Captain uh, or Falcon and Winter Soldier literally address so many like relevant, I guess, like uh societal issues that were happening. Um that like it just really felt like not just a Marvel movie, but like a, a a movie movie, like not just a Marvel series, like a regular TV series addressing those issues. And it just, it definitely felt like super genuine and super intense to the point where that series on its own stands out. Yeah, but then you have to think about like, obviously Disney has to pander to the current uh, issues going on and they have to make sure they please their audience so I'm kind of intrigued to see where else they take it. Because I know they also talked about um, the whole Loki situation with the other Loki. Uh, I'm not gonna say spoilers. I mean, that's kind of spoilers. I mean, it was kind of obvious with the multiverse thing. There would be multiple Lokis. Yeah, but they didn't say anything about that in the original trailer. I mean, it's whatever. <laughs> Spoiler alert, there's two Lokis. Uh, uh, yeah. Since, since we already kind of ripping the the band aids off. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess spoiler. Um, I'm gonna talk about more spoilers. If you want to skip, please do. Feel free to do so. I don't know how long it's gonna be, but 
Um, we'll have a timestamp later, or that we'll include. I can't do a timestamp in a podcast. Oh well, then I guess we don't have any choice but to. Yeah, just we say really don't. Alert. But anyways, I think that um, you know what? Whatever. I think female Loki was a pretty interesting decision to do, uh, especially with the whole dynamic between the two Lokis. You mean them being romantically involved? I mean, kind of. Like, they're romantically involved, but they're the same person. Yeah. Well, it's weird, though, because at the ending of that series, female Loki takes power, but then Kang the Conqueror is still the one that the TVA represents. I Yeah, that's why I don't really know where they're going to take Loki or where Loki's going to fit in with the entire MCU timeline. Which is why I think it was very ambitious for Marvel to even talk about timelines and multiverses in general. Well, we know exactly where it's going to fit. Well, I understand where Multiverse it's going. Multiverse madness yes, is going to pop off. <laughs> yeah, I think... I, I can honestly say that Doctor Strange uh, Multiverse of Madness is going to be like one of the most hype Phase 4 movies. Well, it's going to be it's gonna be pretty much Civil War level. Like, it's... Yeah. There's going to be so many things that other series are going to be basically leading into it with that it's just going to be insane. Like, Yeah, I think... Doctor Strange, and definitely Spider-Man. Like, after that trailer dropped, it's oh, going to be yeah. such a big deal. I, I don't know if anyone saw that trailer, but seems like uh, Doctor Strange and Spider-Man are going to be kind of ruining time and space itself as well. So, there's going to be a lot of hype coming from Marvel. Yeah, like, people didn't really see Phase 4 being that big of a deal, but it seems like Marvel's making it bigger and better, potentially, than what phases one through three were what i'm wondering is is will the big bad finale enemy be king the conqueror or will it be some will else? they introduce galactus we don't know we yeah we don't because they're redoing fantastic four well, yeah but galactus is more well i mean i guess it is a fantastic four enemy but i feel like galactus is also just a universal enemy like he's huge in the mcu or in marvel well yeah but that's what i'm saying like because they're redoing fantastic four which is like what the third redo at this point it's kind of like it's open to it i mean it's not open it is open to that possibility well i just really hope that they don't ruin fantastic four for the fourth or third time yeah because the first one i feel like they actually were doing well and then the second movie, they just completely ruined it by making Galactus a giant cloud. Like, they, they just completely killed the entire <laughs> they franchise. Did. Like, I I don't really remember the movies all that well, but I remember enjoying it and then being, like, kind of, like, forgetting about it after. Like, it wasn't memorable as a movie. It's, it's definitely the first one for me was more memorable because it was, like, it was one of the early, early superhero movies. You know, back then, all we really had was suit was... Superman, Fantastic Four, and then, like, maybe the first Iron Man. Maybe like Batman? Yeah, like, it, it was all super new. Yeah. So, like, there wasn't much to compare it to. Also, it you... wasn't really all that hyped because people were like, okay, it's a super movie, whatever. It's been done before. Like, we've been doing it since 2000 with Spider-Man. Yeah, but then when you, like, look back and you compare it to now, it's like, oh, my God, that was a joke. Yeah. Because, like, now we have just leagues better stuff. Yeah. Which is kind of sad to think that Fantastic Four, the new one, failed even harder than the first when we have all that new stuff. Yeah. 
I realized we talked about Shang-Chi and then immediately went into the MCU shows. <laughs> well, now we'll talk about Shang-Chi. <laughs> uh, so, spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen Shang-Chi yet. It has been about two and a half weeks since it's come out, since this recording, but we will be talking about spoilers if you have not seen the movie yet. I'll try not to say anything specific. Yeah, I mean, we're going to try, but I'm just giving as a formal former formal warning that there will be spoilers because it's kind of hard to talk about it and not bring up some of the points that were in there. Yeah. Um, but going to Shang-Chi, as an Asian American myself, I definitely enjoyed that movie a lot more than probably the other MCU movies. Yeah, I mean, I really thought that Shang-Chi was great. Like, I think that the pacing was a little weird, but and not in the way that a lot of other people have seen it. Apparently, a lot of the, the public review is that Shang-Chi was a little slow, whereas to me, it felt like it popped off very quick. Like, it went from slow pace to 100% like full run and it just it felt like holy crap what is going on um oh it was a general public i thought it was just mitchell <laughs> no apparently he was saying that a lot of the reviews on the movie are also that is that it was a slow burn so i can see that um only because like if you think about it you really don't know much about shang chi besides him getting trained you know you know he kind of well, leaves his father uh, the one thing that he was saying and that all the reviews said as well was that there are too many flashbacks. Like, it almost, like, half, almost a quarter of the movie is him flashing back to when he was young, seeing his mom, and then going back. And then flashing back, and then going back. And it's just, he, he said that that felt like it was really repetitive and he didn't care anymore to I mean, see I his mom. Like, it, it just didn't matter at that I point I think that's a cinematic choice, though, just because it kind of signifies that, like... Shang-Chi's past is constantly looming over him and you're seeing his story which means you're gonna see kind of like his thought process and that's what the scenes kind of do it's like there's a lot of flashbacks because that past is like consuming him it took over his life for so long which is why he constantly chose to run away from it you know yeah no it's totally true it's just for me it was more like we just met Shang-Chi and then he's on a bus doing kung fu and destroying the entire bus. Like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to me it's um, just like it, the pacing was not there. Like at first you think this guy is a normal kid and then all of a sudden he's like destroying these like Well, if you, you know, watch the trailers you would know that Shang-Chi is not a normal kid. <laughs> no, I know, but I thought it was going to be more of a um coming of story, like uh him gaining his abilities, him gaining his, like, you know... Oh, like a training kind of thing. Yeah, instead of it just going from he's completely normal to secretly psych, he's an assassin slash warrior slash god. Like, it's a whole, like, melodrama. And I yeah. feel like that was the zero to 100 for me. Yeah. is because I had no context whatsoever with what was going on. And the thing I think that uh, a lot of people were also saying is that it, the whole movie is about... It's, it's called Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. And he spends maybe five minutes with the Ten Rings. And that was a criticism that, that Mitch gave and that a lot of other people gave as well. Was that the rings weren't really in the movie. Like, it wasn't I prevalent. I mean, yes. But, I don't know. It's hard to say. Because coming from someone who kind of went into the film industry. Like, I, I majored in film for a little bit. And, like, I understand that, like, in the title it says Legend of the Ten Rings. But also it's like, it is it really that necessary to have... Well, for me, it was an origin story for Shang-Chi, not 
the Ten Rings. Right. It seems like we're going to learn more about the Ten Rings in whatever continuations right. we get. Right. And we kind of did know the legend behind them. Obviously, we don't know their origin, as they said in the end credits. Like, well, the MCU has already changed what they no, are. No, so I, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like yeah. nobody knows where they're from currently in the cinematic universe. Yeah. Um, well, and, and let me say this right now, is that I love Shang-Chi, and uh, I might be... Sounding like I'm really cryptic and and uh, not liking it, but I actually really liked it. Yeah. I'm just voicing the opinions of what I've seen that a lot of people say about the movie. But, but it's not your opinion. Yeah, to me, the movie was great. It definitely had a good amount of fighting to storytelling. And the characters I also really enjoyed. Like I, you really The soundtrack Aquafina. was great. And Aquafina, yeah, she, she did great in that movie. Uh, yeah, I definitely say Samuel Liu did a really good job. I think he captured the character very well. Um, I think it's just finally great to see an Asian American superhero being represented. Like, I know it was definitely a big deal for all the black people out there with Black Panther. Like, that was major. Like, I don't think anybody would have seen Marvel doing that. Well, it was more like it finally was getting the proper representation that it was. And the fact that it was an all, like, African-American cast. Yeah. Like, there was no whitewashing in it. And I think I that's mean, what also kept yeah. the genuineness of the of the movie. The The problem is, though, that with Black Panther is that, like, you know, uh, what's his name? The, 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 the detective, he still got, like, the, the glory end of the battle in Black Panther. It's like... Okay, but in reality, he did two things. Yeah, I understand, like but he, it's still he, like in they, reality, I don't feel like he was there as much. <laughs> but he basically stopped all of the vibranium weapons from going out, and that's where I was reading a couple of articles where, like, sure that, like, don't get me wrong, I love uh, Black Panther as yeah. a movie, and I think it was a great movie. Um, I I did read an art a couple of articles saying that, like, you know, that character he kind of like kind of took the shining spotlight of saving the entirety of the movie because he literally, like, he stopped the weapons from getting distributed. Yeah, but in reality, the whole, even if the weapons had gotten distributed, it would have been T'Challa ultimately coming to the end. Because guess what? I'm willing to bet you that when the vibranium technology was being shared with the world, weapons were shared with the world. I'm not saying that everyone has no, vibranium yeah. weapons, but I'm saying it don't matter what you give anyone vibranium, they'll find a way to make it into a weapon. Like Tony, that suit he came up with was definitely made with the help of vibranium technology. So it's like, in that kind of sense, you can't really be like, oh, well, if the weapons had gotten out, then, you know, they would have lost. In reality, all he did was shot, stop those ships from getting out. Yeah. And... Ultimately, T'Challa was the one doing the main battle. Um, the 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 I think it was the Bala tribe. Um, they were the ones that swung the fight into T'Challa's favor, and then T'Challa finally finished it by killing Killmonger. That is ultimately what I thought was the important parts of the fight. I wasn't going, yeah, the white boy was the one that saved the whole day. You know, like no, yeah, he yeah. he didn't. He was only he was gonna die if they didn't save him. Like yeah, again. Yeah, the vibranium so, yeah. and all that. Saved them. I'm I'm very intrigued to see what they do with Black Panther two because we're going to be getting Ironheart introduced. Well, and Chadwick Boseman has passed away. I know. R.I.P. Him. I know, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, how are they doing a Black Panther two if their lead 
if the main titles, you know. Well, they're supposed to kind of like. I know they're kind of pointing their direction towards Shuri, but it's like it's. Well, but the thing is, to me too, is that there is no more of the heart-shaped fruit. Yeah. So how can there be a quote-unquote Black Panther? Like, and I don't mean that as in like the black. I mean like the Black Panther in that series is a ancient god kind of given thing that was given by the by the fruit yeah and then killmonger burned all of them yeah except for the one that they saved so how is anyone going to be able to pick up the mantle without that fruit i think it's basically going to be how shuri has to overcome all of like basically having to take over that role because she is technically next in line to take that title but is shuri gonna actually want to be the black panther yeah because, I mean, the Bala tribe could also inherit it. You don't know. We don't really know yeah. who's going to be the and Also, Black Marvel Panther. can just write in somewhere where someone was saving a fruit for a dire situation or something. There's always there's always going to be an explanation for something to revise whatever plot they had in mind. I was thinking they could really stretch and say that, um, remember T'Challa had a girlfriend at the end? Yeah. You could say his kid. Uh, but they don't really hint at it, though. Yeah, but they have been hinting at Child Avengers. Yes, but also, like, Black Panther was one of the Avengers that disappeared for five years. So how is that possible? Oh, well, yeah, that would be weird, because if she was pregnant, because I know his girlfriend also disappeared. If she was pregnant, yeah, it wouldn't... Yeah, that's what I'm saying, it wouldn't work. That's... (sighs) Unless the child was also part of the 50% that got eliminated. No, I don't think so. Yeah, we're thinking that's, about it that's too way, deep. <laughs> we're way thinking about it way too deep. Like the theories, but um, yeah, that's basically been most of our hiatus, I guess, from this podcast. Um, we also are packing our stuff. Yep, we are packing the, our we're stuff. We're in the process of moving right now. <laughs> we're, we're in the process of moving out. Uh, Dude, apartment hunting is so tiring. Apartment I, hunting I is very stressful. I did not think stressful. how tiring it would be. Apartment hunting has been very stressful, especially in the Bay Area where you really can't find an apartment that's in an affordable range. It's yeah, everything I mean, is everyone just keeps so talking overpriced. about like September 30th evictions, apartment rents will like rent will go down. I'm like, yeah, but I really don't want to wait another couple of weeks for them to drop. You know, like I'm all I'm always looking every day. I don't know if you see me, but yeah. I'm in bed looking at apartment list i wake up i look at apartment list i'm on my lunch i'm looking at apartment list after well, work i'm looking you know well, also every apartment place that we've called has been like oh prices aren't gonna drop so it's like yeah because they think really... it's everything's gonna go back to a state of normalcy exactly. which is not the case no it doesn't make any sense to me this whole everything's gonna go back to a state of normalcy i i really don't know how that's gonna happen if a lot of people are going to be getting evicted from their homes, that's not going to prompt them to go to somewhere else at a more expensive rate. Yeah. The reason they're getting evicted is because they don't have r- to money to pay rent. Like, what? Yeah. That just doesn't make any sense. So I don't know. It's It's been hard. Yeah. We're struggling. You know, we're, we're moving. After we just moved in, uh, we lost a lot of friends. Yeah. We lost about three in three months. Is it three? It feels like more. Name them. I, I'm not going to name them for obvious <laughs> no, reasons. No, I'm not saying name them, name them. I'm saying, like, count them off. Like, there's only three. Four. I mean, if you want to count one of them, but... Okay, but it, that wasn't established. Yeah. Like, I, I lost it before I could establish it. 
he, if you're really trying to say it that way, then technically it's like five. Yeah. So that's true. That's where I'm just like, but in reality, it was three. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we're still kind of coping with it. As as happy as we sounded talking about you know Marvel films and stuff, we are still kind of coping with the whole thing. Yeah, it's been roughly like two weeks since our last uh, interaction with it, and it's just been uh, it's just been kind of lingering at this point. It's been a hard uh, two weeks, honestly. And I feel like it's mainly because of the fact of how the whole situation was handled between friends. Because to us, it's just it's not the way that you should interact with your friends at all. I mean, that's just personal opinion, though. I think everyone does have their own friendship dynamic, and I will respect that because it's true. Not everyone is going to act the way you want them to act or, you know, do the things that you want them to do that you expect out of them. So I understand that friendship dynamics are a little different. Um, Now, (laughs) I think with the whole situation, I definitely know we were in the wrong. That's like, for certain, I absolutely know that we were in the wrong for the situation that, you know, the start of this whole thing. But I don't think that the other person handled it very well. And I don't think they really saw, like, I mean, I guess they saw your side, but they didn't really see mine or hear mine because they refused to. Well, and it's only half the situation that we're 100% in the wrong for. The other half is kind of up in the air when it comes to fault because of the fact that nobody was willing to communicate besides through me and I wasn't even the party that was yeah so I mean like obviously a bunch of friends I'm just gonna vaguely explain the situation so a bunch of friends and I uh, went to Tahoe for a friend's birthday and I was still trying to kind of adjust to the environment because i'm not this this podcast is called social eyes i'm an introvert obviously i don't really get energy from socializing you know i like to say to myself i like to you know we're very to ourselves yeah so going to this cabin with like nine people and like half of them i didn't know i was kind of like in this defensive state of, like, I don't know how to act. I mean, it doesn't help that, like, one of the friends, like, everyone was bad-mouthing. Yeah. For the entire week before we left. Everyone was, like, talking shit about this dude. Well, yeah, it it sets a sour expectation in your mouth. Right, and And it's like, I don't really know much about this person. And... For everyone, even in the car there, the car trip there, everyone's yeah. kind of like, dude, this guy, not it, you know? Um, but then to say, like, I was being, like, kind of rude the entire weekend, I think is an unfair statement. Because no one really, I guess, asked me if I was okay or really asked me if, like, I was adjusting properly. I don't expect people to just be like, oh, yeah, like, how are you adjusting to, like, the cabin or whatever, you know? Yeah. It was more like, I don't know, like, if you see, obviously, an introvert going into an extrovert situation, would you think they would take it, like, lightly? I don't know, you know? Well, to me, it's just that when it comes to, if, if in our opinion, and, and obviously everyone is free to have their own opinion, If you have a problem with someone or how someone is behaving and you aren't willing to address it, 
and you're not willing to maybe you maybe you can't address it in the moment that's fine but if you're not willing to address it afterwards or willing to address it the next day or the next week it just kind of like it it sets like this precedent that the person didn't do anything wrong and then when all of a sudden you start screaming and getting mad at them you're just like the person who did it was like well what the hell what did i do i didn't know and the fact that you know the party both parties that had something wrong with us didn't state anything until well after the fact and just basically sprung it on us to us is just a very i guess i mean the tahoe thing was sprung up but the whole other situation yeah i mean that and that situation we took responsibility for we did what we could and there's yeah, like there's I said, nothing we, were we in can the wrong. do. Like yeah. that situation, we were definitely in the wrong. There's, there's nothing else that we can do about it. And we both are. We know that we feel bad. I've apologized profusely. I've tried to make it right. And obviously, nothing I did mattered. It it didn't make any difference. So it just kind of seemed like they made up their mind. Um, but I think this whole experience kind of like. I'm not going to say self-reflect because I hate that. I hate that saying at this point, because when that person told you I needed self-reflect, I think that was very unfair for them to say, especially knowing what I'm going through. And they know that too. Yeah. Um, But I think my whole issue is that they both, both persons refused to talk to me. And the fact that they kind of used my mental health, or I guess um, disability, it's self-diagnosed. Like, it's not even official. We don't really know what's going on with me. And I I guess it is kind of my fault for not uh, getting it checked. Um, I'm not trying to gaslight myself, but, you know, it's one of those things where I don't know what's going on, but I'm trying to get through it, right? But for, like, both parties to say we didn't want to talk to Sky because of her mental health, it's like, okay, but you know that my mental health deteriorates because of what you guys are doing, which is shit talking about me behind my back and not confronting me about it. Like I'm the type of person where if you confront me about a situation, I will face it head on. I will not just run away from it, you know? And I think that's where a lot of people get it confused. It's like, I will admit when I'm wrong and I will, you know, I will try to make changes if it's communicated to me. However, if you act friends with me, I'm going to assume nothing is wrong. But the moment that I see tension and you obviously walk away after a situation happens, I'm obviously going to think that you're shit-talking about me. And I think that's one of the worst things you can do in a friendship. And I talked about this a lot during our coping time with this whole situation is that, to me, if someone claims to be your friend... And they don't talk to you about the problems they see in you and want to help you fix it. Um, they're not a friend. Like if you're just there for quote, quote, good vibes and that's all you want out of a friendship and you're just there to hang out, socialize. I think that's very surface level. If you can't openly talk about what your friend is doing wrong to you um, in a normal conversation, then I think it wasn't a strong friendship to begin with. And I don't care how much you claim that it's a strong friendship. I mean, sure, in your opinion, it could be. Um, To me, though, as as I've, you know, gone through this experience, I realized that a true friend would not hide things from you. 
if you did something wrong, they will tell you. And that level of comfort just shows how much they care. And if someone's saying, hey, I have an issue with you, let's talk about it. And I say, okay, let's talk about it. But they don't talk about it and they don't update me on anything Then obviously I'm going to assume it wasn't actually that big of a deal. And yeah, I, I just think that friendships, there needs to be some sort a, of, a, of an understanding that, hey, if there's something wrong, bring it up immediately. Or at least update us if you can't bring it up immediately, you know? The basically conversation and the ability to resolve issues needs to be a two-way street. And if someone is going to be like, hey, I have a problem with you. We need to talk. Be like, all right, well, I'm available. Let's talk. And for them to just basically go, nope, don't want to talk. Nope, don't want to talk. Nope, don't want to talk. And then for us to have spent the following days after then, basically sitting at home, waiting to have this big talk, um, it just doesn't really like... Uh, it doesn't feel like the other person really cares about you in that situation. It just, it makes it, it leaves this like, this feeling of like, hey, I'm going to talk to you when I'm good and ready. So you go ahead and sit there and wait for me. Yeah. Like, it's like, listen, I understand if you need to take the time to process it, think it through. And, you know, if you message someone saying, hey, we need to talk and you don't get to it, you know, that's fine. I understand. You need to kind of sit and think about what you need to say, kind of clear your head. I get that, but don't just kind of say, hey, we need to talk and not update people. But I think for me, the biggest problem with the whole situation is that both parties refuse to talk to me, and they both talk to you. But it sounded like from the conversation, a lot of the problems had to do with me, and they used you as sort of that emotional burden to take on. Just because that we're together. Like, they were saying, oh, Eli is this person that can handle it very well. He'll probably just relay the information to Sky. That way we don't have to do it. And well, to me, that's very cowardly. And that's exactly what they wanted. They wanted me to relay what they thought. Right. And what their interpretations of the situation was. Because ultimately, when they bring up this whole Tahoe trip, I was not there. I was working. Right. So, for them to bring it up and be like, oh, we have X, Y, and Z problems with that... It's like, okay, so then what do you want me to do? Right. Because I wasn't there. I can't do anything about it. So you need to talk to the person who was there, the person you have the problem with. And they're just like, no. And it's just, to, to me, that's not a mature way to handle it because you're basically forcing someone else to be the telephone in the situation. And to both of us, that wasn't fair because I broke down because I'm like, I feel like I'm the reason that all of it's going wrong. Um, long story short, after those talks, that's when they decided to stop being friends with us. And so for me as an individual, I feel like I'm the cause of the friendships ending because guess what? I was the one that they talked to. I was the one that responded to what they had to say. I was the one that tried to offer reasoning behind what they were saying. And so it just doesn't, the context doesn't fit the situation and my responses don't give proper answer or meaning to the actions that were provided that they were complaining to me about. And it, it just ultimately, it's kind of like, I'm not the one you need to be talking to. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, also, I think it's very unfair that, you know, one of the people in this situation, they really had no say in the situation where we were at fault because they weren't there. And I think it was unfair for them to make that decision like, you shouldn't have done this. It's like, okay, well, you weren't in the situation. You weren't there when it happened and you weren't there, you know, what things were said, what weren't said, right? And to have only heard one side, you would think as a friend you would hear the other because they are a mutual friend of the two parties. But to me, that that's irrelevant. It, <laughs> their feelings about this first situation is irrelevant. What we did is wrong. We understood that. And so we made efforts to make it better, right? Correct. And so if that friend wants to be pissed off about the situation, then whatever. That's fine. But guess what? Ultimately, we did what was right. We made the reparations that we needed to make. So that's done. That situation is over. The only situation that I see the problem with is how they handled it afterwards. Because they didn't talk to you about what they were having troubles with. And they did not go through the proper channels to try and resolve anything. They just wanted to pull me aside to vent and to bitch at me. And then be like, all right, well, you can go now. Yeah, it kind of sounded like they were talking at you, not actually having conversation with you. Just from what you were telling me about it, because they refused to have me there, right? Well, so yeah, it, I mean, to me, it felt like we were having an exchange of words. We were, you know, having a conversation. But ultimately, to me, if I'm wanting to talk to someone about something that's wrong between us, I am there to resolve things. I'm there to voice my opinions and to voice what's wrong and see what we can do to fix it. Now, long story short of this whole situation, communication was 100% the problem. Yeah. Every single part of the situation, 100% could be solved through better communication. And I told the parties this, they told me this, and I, we all agreed that our communication in this situation was crap. And I was like, I'm 100% willing to work. On communication. I'm willing to work on my end. Are you willing to? It, it And it kind of sounds like they don't want to. Exactly. Which is very uh, egotistical of them. I, I don't know really what that means for the situation. I know that it's like they're stroking their egos, but to me, I don't really see that. It just kind of this... sounds like they're very prideful and very like in the sense of like they don't see what they did was wrong. Well, basically, they know that what they did was wrong, but they don't care. <laughs> they know that it's wrong in a sense, but to them it felt justified because of the situation. Right. If that makes any sense. Like, but there was it's kind of like... There's a thing I saw where it's like, you know, all emotions are valid, but action, not all actions are, you know? Exactly. And that's where I'm saying, like, it's kind of like, you know, if someone ran over your foot with their bike, your instinct would be to hurt them back because they hurt you. They did it on accident. It has nothing... But it feels like it's the right decision to make for you. Mm-hmm. So you don't feel bad. Right. That's basically what happened here. Is that they were hurt. So they hurt us back. They knew that that's not the right thing to do. But they felt like it was the right thing to do. Therefore, they don't feel bad about it. Right. And that's where it was kind of like, it's frustrating. Because I went in there with the intention of accepting what I did wrong. And what we did wrong. and making rep- And making, like, you know amends i was trying to amend things and they were just basically like oh we're glad that you're sorry we're not (laughs) yeah it really sounded like they both didn't 
really apologize for what they did. I feel like the second party definitely felt a lot more apologetic, um, but not really to the situation, more to them exploding the day of. Um, And I know that that party was the one that was saying that they wanted to fix things, but from their actions, they definitely aren't showing that. Mm -hmm. So it definitely seems like they don't want to fix things. Yeah, which is, you know, which is fine. Because like I said, like, the their whole friend dynamic is a lot different than what I want. Like, I want someone to challenge me. I want someone that's going to care for me by telling me, hey, what you're doing is wrong. Or what you did was wrong. Yeah. And we have a civil, con- like, conversation about it. Um, don't use my mental health as a, scape- as a scapegoat. Like, I think that's honestly one of the most fucked up things to do yeah was to basically be like well i can't talk to you about this problem because your mental health is bad and it's like what so then basically you're you're saying like and it really is sucks because they're saying well we didn't want to you know ruin uh, her mental health but yet they want to put that burden on you yeah they're willing to ruin my mental health essentially yeah and because they're gonna say well in my opinion they thought if we put that burden on eli eli will say to sky and if she does something extreme, it's not our fault because we didn't say it to her. Yeah, I don't know. I mean... I mean, it's whatever. The situation's whatever. We're still kind of coping with it. I mean, venting it out kind of helped a little bit. But it's just like... Listen, y'all. If you're going to be friends with someone, you got to, you know, really push them. I I understand it's great to have fun and all. Like, you know, have good vibes. Chill. Go eat together. You know, that's all fine and dandy. But... What goes beyond that, you know? Is it really a strong friendship if you don't go beyond that? Well, this, I think that you're kind of... You're you're misconstruing what the, the real, like, problem is. And I think it's that... It's not that you need to push every single friend or you need to have no, friends no. that push you in every situation. You can have friends that all you do is have fun to each other and you don't really go to them for serious things. That's okay. But... The friends that you are making, you are involved in with serious situations, the friends that you are doing serious things with, the friends that you do have these like challenging conversations where you guys talk to each other and stuff. Those are the friendships you need to make those fights for. You need to make those, you need to like strive to keep and to try to make the efforts to voice things that happen that are wrong and to try and fix things. But If you're just going to be like, well, when I have a problem, I want you guys to vent it out and I'm going to come to you to vent it out. But when you guys have a problem, sucks to suck. That's not a healthy friendship. Yeah. It's basically, I'm, you're here for me when I need you, but I'm not there for you when you need you. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, like that to me is not the way that a friendship, it should be a two way street the same way any relationship would be. Yeah. You should be there for the other person the same way they would be there for you. If you both are going to be there having a blast, if one of the parties is down, you need to be there to help lift them up. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think is the real core issue is that the friendship ultimately seemed like we were there for them and they weren't there for us anywhere near as much as we were there for them. And they could say the same thing. They could be like, hey, that's not true. And it's like, you know what? You know how we would be able to figure these things out? Communication. Yeah. Ultimately. Like, if we had just (laughs) talked it out, 
like adults, I think it, I think it would have worked itself out. Now, maybe it would have been one of those things where it's like, maybe we're not suited to, you know, live with each other. You know, fine. That's understandable. But is this situation big enough where a friendship needed to be broken? I don't think so. Not in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, we said we lost three friends. And in this specific situation, we lost only two. The third was a lot earlier in the year. And it was due to something that we found out basically later. Um, that situation, I feel like, was totally granted to cut off a friendship. Uh, like, well, I mean, long story short of that situation is that uh, basically one of your friends confessed feelings for me, even though he knew we were in like a five-year relationship. Exactly. And when I confronted him about it after finding out, he basically lied and said that he would never cause any problems or harm or drama or try to cheat, basically, at any point in time. He would never do that to me, quote-unquote. Um, but then it turned out that the day he told Sky that he had feelings for her, he also was like, hey, should we kiss? It was very, like, you know, rapid fire. Like, it was a really, ra- like, fast question to ask. Like, he just kind of spitfired it out, you know? Yeah, and in my opinion, if you're going to say, oh, I would never do that to you, and then say that, that's 100% a disrespect and you basically saying, I don't care about you. I don't value your friendship. I'll cheat on her. If I'll make her cheat on you if I want to. Well, yeah, and it didn't and help that he had a girlfriend. Or exactly. I guess still has. It he, sounds like she yeah, forgave him. No, she did. But it's it's just, to me, it's totally a blatant disrespect. It's not a good sign of friendship. Like, to me, I considered that guy my brother the same way I thought of these two friends that we lost recently, um, my sisters. Like, I... I thought of them in a very high regard, and I defended them no matter what. Even if they were in the wrong, I was defending them. Um, And it just feels very stupid of me, and I feel like kind of an idiot that I defended them that hardcore, when in reality, every single thing that was being said about them was true. And I guess it's kind of one of those situations where it's like, we were talking about it earlier, how, like, I guess I'm a little too caring and trusting in my friendships. Um, but it's just because of the fact that when I want to have a friend, I want to make a hardcore effort to make sure that that person knows that I consider them a friend and that that person also like can trust me as a friend. Um, and I guess that's why I try so hard and why I have this certain level of expectation with my friends is that if I'm putting 110%, I expect 110%. Um, and from what Sky has told me, <laughs> majority of my friendships, I get less than 50. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I mean, it's just, just from what I've seen. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, but I also mean like, you know, with the two recent friends that broke off our friendship it's like they could have broken off the friendship with me but not with you you know yeah well i mean and in that sense they were like basically saying oh well it's a package deal and it's like yeah sure that's i guess yeah, it could make sense you're friends with the relationship of someone you can't just cut off their girlfriend or boyfriend and expect that you can just be friends with them i totally understand it but at the same time They're basically saying, hey, you're going to lose us, you're going to lose our partners, and you're going to lose our friends because of 
one person's actions and it's like, well, I didn't do anything. And they're like, well, sucks to suck. And it just totally feels like shit. And I think that's another problem is that like when you cut off friendships, you don't necessarily have to cut off, you know, their significant other either. And you don't have to cut off friendship groups. Yeah. So like like. the whole bundling us together, like, sure, we're very, you know, hip, hip to hip. We're very connected, right? We're, We're together all the time. Um, but you know, with the whole, uh, you know, your guy friend or like your friend, like I cut off the friendship that didn't mean you had to, like, you didn't even like know half the situation due to my part of not telling. But even when you heard you were like, okay, I'm going to talk to him and you know, we're going to try and fix things. And you know, you did to a certain extent, but obviously he didn't show in that effort that he said he was going to put in. So you made that own choice of yours to just cut him off as well. Yeah. And I think that's a really big misconception people have with couples and friend groups is that just because you cut off or you want to cut off one person, that doesn't mean you have to cut off all relating parties. Uh, but I know that can get very tricky. It's very it's a sticky situation. I understand that. So that's why it's usually a bundle package deal or whatever. But at the end of the day, we're all our own people, our own person. Yeah, we're all individuals and we don't have to cut off friends. And in cutting off one friend, you don't have to cut off every single friend. Right. It's like if the two people that cut us off current like uh recently just said, Hey, we don't want to be friends with Sky, I would have been like, Alright, that's cool, you can still be friends with Eli. Like I really think it was unfair that you did nothing wrong in the Tahoe situation and they still wanted to cut you off. Well and and it, but to me it's more like I was growing closer with one of the friend's significant others. Like, apparently, he vibed very well with me. Um, and, like, me and him were basically kick- kicking it off, you know? Like, it seemed like the start of a great friendship. And one of their other friends, also, the same way, it seemed like we were kicking it off. And so, it just totally sucks that, like, they basically said, oh, we're not going to be friends with you anymore, so therefore you're going to lose them. And I was just like, well, I don't see why I have to lose them. And they just basically said, well, you do. <laughs> they didn't say that. They did say we didn't want you to lose them. Um, but it's just that if they don't want me to, then why did I? Like, they still made the conscious choice. Like, they still said, you know, we don't want you to, but. And it's like, what? why is there a but? Where's Where in the situation does there need to be a but? The friend that I cut off, I had, there's a close friend group with that group that was also there that I didn't cut off. Like, his cousin, I didn't cut him off. His best friend, I didn't cut him off. Because why do I need to? They mm-hmm. didn't do anything wrong. Only he did. So I don't need to cut anything off. And it ultimately just comes down to, like, they basically didn't want to put any effort to having me around. So they just said well you know what bye (laughs) and it just totally feels like shit because of the fact that i told them how i felt about them and how much i valued them and all i got was yeah or tears and to me it just it's not the response that you need (laughs) it's not the response that makes things better and i think the thing that hurt me the most at the end of the conversation was basically that the the first one they basically said well i feel better hope you do 
And when I said, how am I, how in the hell am I supposed to feel better? No, I don't. They basically said, well, it's okay. So basically me not feeling better doesn't matter. It, it's okay. It just sucks to suck. And then the second one, I told them, I really appreciated you talking to me. I would really like to make things better and please take some time to think about it. And they just basically said, uh-huh. And then do anything. Yeah. About it. Like it, it, so it's ultimately twice in a row. I put in all this effort. I stayed up both conversations. I stayed up till like one or 2 AM having one of them almost till 5 AM having. And I went through all this stress, all this drama, lost all that sleep to try and resolve the situation. And they both basically were like, bye. Like, thanks for hearing us vent. Nothing changed. And to me, I don't see the point in having a conversation if you're not going to try to remedy things. Like, in the sense of of the friendship, like, if you have something wrong with someone and you want to talk to them about it, to me, you wanting to talk to them about it is you wanting to try and resolve things. And both times when I got there, I said, do you guys want to try to resolve things? And they both basically said no. So I shouldn't have listened. So it's like, that was kind of on me, but... Just to me, if you're going to have a conversation like that, it needs to be to try and resolve something. It needs to be to try and reach an understanding, not just, hey, hear me vent about how I feel. Goodbye. How I feel about your significant other that I don't want at that conversation. Yeah. So that way you can go explain it to your significant other and then your significant other can basically say nothing to their defense. Yeah. Which Um, to me is just not fair. (laughs) Like, I understand that there are days you just want to vent and there are days where you, like, conversations where you just need to let things out. You didn't really want a resolution. You just want to let it out. But I think in this situation, there was a lot of um, loose ends. And for, you know, that person just to say, I don't really want a situ- I don't want a solution out of it. Or, like, I don't know what kind of solution you're expecting out of it. It just kind of sounds like, okay, well... You really don't want to do anything to vent about my significant other that you refuse to see. Well, and to me, that's the whole thing. It's like when you're asking someone, hey, what is your expectation coming out of this conversation? Um, if for them to basically be like, well, I don't know what it's going to be. I just wanted you to hear my side. And it's like, okay, but you got to understand that I'm extending the olive branch to try and fix things. And for you to basically be like, well, I'm just here to vent. It's kind of not... Well, also, why do they both want to say their sides but not want to hear ours? Yeah. You know? and, and that just seems kind of selfish to me, too. Yeah. And and to me, the, the, the real key missing factor in the whole situation was your direct opinion. Because I can, again, play telephone as best I can, and I could still get it 100% wrong. Ultimately... The parties involved and the parties that have problems with each other need to be involved in the conversation. I would never go to my mom to complain about my dad and then expect that my dad's going to understand from my mom. Like, it, it just wouldn't make any sense. I need to speak to my dad. And I'm, and I'm not saying that in any direct meaning. I'm just using it example, as a kind of yeah. an example, like a metaphor. But it's the same situation. I wouldn't expect for someone to come to Sky, vent to them like crazy about me, then her to tell me and me to be able to 100% clearly see what they said. And for them to know how I was feeling about 
what they said. To me, it's just not the same. It's not going to have the same expected result. Yeah, I I don't know. It just seems like there really wasn't an intent to fix things. And they both kind of made it sound like there was when they both clearly made their decisions. Well, and even when I made the statement, I came out here ready to fight for something. And now I'm realizing that that something doesn't have a lot of fight left. And... One of the person's responses literally was just the word, yeah. Uh, they just just show a lack of empathy, and yeah. I hope they self-reflect and fix it. But, you know. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we we hate that we had to uh, basically have this episode as a full salt <laughs> fest. I mean, we apologize. it is our podcast. I do apologize for it being kind of like It's a, it's a little downer. more grim of an episode. I mean, that's life though, right? It's like you gain friendships, you lose friendships, right? And I think in life, you're it, it is kind of true. They say like, you know, your high school friends will stay with you forever. College friends, maybe, but like after like after some time has passed, you kind of figure out who your real friends are and like yeah, what and we, you want out of a friendship. And we definitely have found who some of our real friends are. And we even reconnected with some old friends that we didn't really think we would be reconnecting with yeah. in a major way. And it, in my opinion, it really has been in a major way because we've yeah, already hung out with them a couple a times. Like, yeah, like it's, it just, it, it honestly has not, never felt better that like, we've reconnected with those friends because they have honestly made us feel like we are valued friends and people are out there that do want to hang out with us and do want to like have us around. And it definitely feels nice, at least for me. And I know for sky um, to feel wanted, to feel valued and to feel like, yo, let's hit up that guy or yeah. yo, let's hit up them. You know, like, <laughs> it's it's one of those things that just feels very nice. And every person in the world wants to feel it. I don't think any person wants to feel like they're the one person that no one wants to hang out with or that no one wants to be involved with, you know? Yeah, and I think, um, like, I think a majority of my life I felt that way. It's like no one really wanted to put in the effort to hang out with me and I understand that some of it is on my part, too, but it's just, you know, social anxiety and everything, right? And sometimes I only felt like uh, we only had each other. And, you know, that's great and dandy and whatnot. Like, I do love you, but it's just like, you know, you need to have other friends. Well, you you want to... It It's... There's a difference between, like, having one person that you know is always going to be there for you and knowing that that one person is the only person that's there for you. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like if you have one friend at a party that he's the only guy you know. So you show up to the party with 40 other people and that one friend, the second they leave, you're basically on your own. I feel like that's what the situation can be compared to is you don't want to feel like you're in a room surrounded by strangers with only me. And then if I'm gone, you're alone. Mm -hmm. You want to feel like, hey, I'm here with, like, four or five people, so no matter what, I have someone to go to. Right. Instead of just, like, I'm here alone with one person. Mm -hmm. And if he goes, I'm alone. So I feel like that's what the difference is between, like, just having one person know and knowing that one person will always have your back. It's kind of... I feel like there's a difference there. Yeah, and 
you don't want that to turn into you know codependency because and we we discussed it it kind of seems like you know the people that cut us off are a little codependent on each other so it, it I really mean, one just, of them is. I don't know about the other. Well, we don't. I don't know. You don't know. It just seems like it. Yeah, but I mean, that's what I mean. It's like don't be codependent on someone that you think is like, you know, your your best friend or like your significant other. Like, have your own state of mind, you know. And I think that's what's really unique about us is that we're, you know. We're very close. We, I, I honestly would argue that we're still in our honeymoon phase after six years of being together. Sure, we've had our ups and downs, but we can Most fully say we've never been, had like yeah. an argument like to the point where we're yelling at each other, you know. And Most of our quote-unquote arguments are just talks. Yeah, they're all discussions, <laughs> which is what they should be, right? Yeah, no, it, and that's exactly what I feel like, you know, you should look for in a healthy relationship is that when you're having quote-unquote problems you can just talk about it yeah there's never a oh well uh you're it's because you're like this or oh it's because you're like that there should never be any backstabbing or any like you know deflections to it you know like and i feel like when we were first starting i know that i was having a lot of like defensive mechanisms and i feel like over the years i've definitely gotten better on those in terms of like deflecting things I feel like I've, I'm more now, more like, I take responsibility for everything, even if I didn't do it. <laughs> I mean, which is a fault to a certain extent. Yeah, right? it's it's just you know I kind of traded off from deflection to it's all my fault. <laughs> yeah, but there's gotta be a happy middle. No, I know. I'm just I'm just saying. But in general, I feel like um, it in. Sorry, I know we just completely deviated from friends to healthy relationships. I mean, but, but healthy friendships, healthy relationships, they kind of go hand yeah, in hand, right? You're right. And so, I mean, in any healthy relationships, less friendship, there should be an open line of communication and there shouldn't be any negative aspects to those open lines of communication. So, like, when it comes to, hey, I'm going to talk to this person about how they're allowed, they're very loud and they party too much, you know? Um, when you talk to them about it, they shouldn't be going, well, what about your alcoholism? Or like, you know, like there shouldn't really be a, well, what about this? Or what about that? And like a kind of backstabbing nature, it should just be, you know what? I appreciate you bringing that to my attention. I'm going to try and work on that. And if you do have a problem with, and if they have a problem with you, then you should be open to hearing that and also being willing to take responsibility for your parts in it. Um, so I feel like that's the part for any healthy relationship slash friendship is just being able to accept responsibility for what you've done wrong and be able to talk about what you feel they've done wrong without being like, you did this and, you know, you're a piece of crap. <laughs> yeah. I think the art of apologizing also comes into play. I talk about it quite often, actually. Yeah. I mean, the the art of the, the way that apologies happen, I know that you yeah. said is... It's very, very key, and it, yeah. it kind of shows into what the other person is thinking. So, if a person says "I'm sorry," but obviously that negates the but, it negates this apology. But yep. it's also stuff like "I'm sorry you felt that way." It's like "I'm sorry that you had an issue with what I didn't think was wrong." You know? Yeah. So well, anytime I mean, you hear "I'm sorry you felt that way," or "I'm sorry that you took it that way," "I'm sorry I didn't intend that," those are all. It's basically the same thing as I'm sorry, but, you know. 
Uh, and well, the only one that I would disagree with is, I'm sorry, I didn't intend for it to sound like that, or I'm sorry, I that wasn't my intention. I don't think that those are back backhanded apologies. I didn't say they were backhanded. No, no, no. But what I mean is that I don't feel like those specific ones, just out of the examples you listed, those specific ones don't seem to me to be you're at fault. It's more of that's not what I meant by it. So I'm sorry. No. And let me explain. But the way it comes across, it's I didn't intend that. That was your fault for thinking that way. And that's what I mean. It's like you can just say, I'm sorry that I hurt you. What I meant was. Okay. It's a way of me, phrasing. <laughs> from a perspective of my own, but as we're very two, we're two very different people in terms of uh, our communication styles. Um, and for me, when it comes to someone apologizing, I don't think that if they're saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it like that, is them saying, I'm sorry, it's your fault. To me, it's them saying, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I'm sorry. That's what you would say a genuine apology is. But the way that they said it is just not exactly that. But it is meaning that. To me, a backwards apology is, I'm sorry, but, or I'm sorry you feel that way. Those, I totally agree, are not real apologies because those are shifting blame to you. But an apology saying, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it like that, or I'm sorry, I didn't mean for it to come off that way, is them saying that they didn't mean for it to be hurtful and that they're sorry about it. Not, you took it the wrong way, so sucks to suck. Very different way of interpretation for me. But there's always me. another way of phrasing it. And I think that's the whole point of it is that there is intent behind it. Just because you say, I didn't intend to. There was intent. You did know what you were saying. Not Regardless- necessarily, though. Some Sometimes people can just say things. You know how, like, sometimes, like, uh, I'll just, like, stop talking. Like, you know, like, I'll be, like, in the middle of a story or something, and I'll just stop. And my mind will go blank and I'll forget. It's not the exact same, but it's it's similar in the way that, like, sometimes people just literally say the first thing that comes to mind without forming a proper sentence or a proper statement. It's kind of like sometimes I say, like, metaphor or something when it, it literally isn't even a metaphor. It's something else entirely. I'm just saying the first thing that's coming to my mind and I don't, you know, know exactly what I'm saying or if it's correct. I'm just kind of saying what I'm saying to keep the conversation going and to make sure I'm not, like, sitting there going, uh, give me a second, you know? So to me, it's not necessarily... 100% it was a malicious intent. They had ill intent behind it. They meant it. But I also can say I agree with you in a sense that some people when they say like, uh, oh, well, it's because you're always a bitch or something, you know, like when they're making like backhanded compliments or something that I totally feel like that's intent to kind of be hurtful. You're just trying to make it off as a joke that I fully agree with. But I just mean in the sense of like, conversation if someone says something kind of on accident because they were just talking too quickly that totally can come off as like that can be an accident like if someone like like for instance you do you remember when you when we were driving home and buddy had just passed and you told me oh i bet you buddy's barking happy birthday from you down from like puppy heaven or whatever 
that really hurt me. Not in the sense that like you were being hurtful. It just was kind of too soon, like to kind of bring him back up. And so like, it almost made me cry. Like I told you, and it's like that situation, it's not a negative one. It was, it made me really happy to think about, but it made me miss him that much more. But it's also, you didn't mean to come off like that. You didn't mean to be hurtful. You were legitimately meaning like, oh, I want you to like remember him happily and like know that he loves you and he still cares about you. So that's what I'm saying is that I feel like different contexts can different situations can sometimes come across not a, not the way that are intended. Sometimes you can say something on accident that you really didn't mean to say or that you didn't mean to like, I guess, basically like stab at them for. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, kind of voice my opinion on that and like, it's not so black and white, if that makes any sense. It's not, it's not every situation. That's what it is. You know what I mean? It's It totally can be, though. I agree. But it's just, it, it really is contextually, situation by situation. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. It's all in context and, you know, how they approach it and how they say it. Um, but I just think that it's just better to avoid the phrase altogether. You know no, what I mean? No, I, I agree. It, it it fully is, you should say apologies the proper way, or you should say right. your statement the proper way the first time. Like, if you think you hurt someone, yeah, don't say, I didn't intend that. Although they could mean it in a very genuine way. Yeah. I'd rather, like, a person say, I'm sorry I hurt you. No, and, and you're totally right. That is a much better way of saying it. And that's the way you would like to be communicated to. But what I'm just saying is, is that different people like to be communicated to in different ways. And so there's no 100% correct way to communicate. Um, but in that situation, I just didn't want for us to be like basically saying that way is the wrong way to do it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I there is a wrong say, way, but... I, well, okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying that specific situation I don't feel like is 100% concrete that's a fact. Yeah. And that's just what I kind of want our our like viewers or our listeners to also know is like not everything that we like give as examples or like state is 100% fact. It's our opinions. But I also will say there's kind of a moral gray uh, ground that I feel like everyone should be upholding to, right? Like <laughs> Yeah. And like I mean, nobody should be intentionally hurtful to their friends. Nobody no, should yeah, be yeah. intentionally miscommunicating. Like Yeah. It's and you know, when it comes to a he said she said situation, like, you know, as they say, there's three sides to every story. There's yeah. their side, the other person's side, and then the truth. Yeah. You're not always gonna get the one hundred percent truth from either side. It's always mm -hmm. gonna be from a biased perspective from their view and i and i even when i had the conversation with one of the people i told them not everything that one party says is 100 percent fact and not everything that i say is 100 percent fact right it's all about it's perspective. all perspective and it's i just ask that you don't blindly accept one perspective you should you should question it you should look into it deeper instead of just going they said that it's true yeah. You know, so like, it's like it's a story is not law. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it, you you need to have the facts in order to make a concrete decision. And whatever your decision is after that, 100 percent, you're you whoever's in dealing with it is going to have to accept it. Yeah. But to me, it just isn't fair if you go, 
well, this person said that. And I go, that person didn't say that. That's not true. Here's what they said. And then go, that person said that. You know, like basically completely just deny anything yeah. I said. Like, you can choose to believe the other party or not. But for me, I feel like it's fair to hear both sides versus just one and then blindly accept it. Yeah. And it's and it's like to, to me as well, in certain situations, there is literally no benefit to being deceitful. Like in the situation where I was having the conversation with the people there was zero benefit for me lying at that point. There's nothing I have to gain. They already said they were cutting us off. What do I have to gain at that point? Like, really? <laughs> I was trying to fix things. I don't want to lie when I'm trying to fix things. So for me to just be like, they basically didn't care anything about what I had to say, it just ultimately sealed the deal. Um, but anyway, sorry. That's fine. Oh, we have to get back <laughs> to packing anyways. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess so. We have to fill our box quota. Yep. But anyways, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, our longest episode is also our saddest episode. <laughs> I don't even think it's our longest. We've had others that are longer. I think it's just uh, down the ones to that editing. are published publicly are only forty five minutes. But that's editing. Yeah, but when this gets edited down, it'll probably be like an hour. But we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> anyways thank you so much for listening to us um as always we appreciate anybody who hears us um or hears our podcast in general we're just here to hang out have a good time although this episode really wasn't a good time it's very true i mean you know it's just it's just one of those things you know yep absolutely but anyways uh hopefully next episode we'll talk about something a little more positive <laughs> just just remember everyone that's life <laughs> <laughs> life lessons with the socialized <laughs> podcast Anyways, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll see you guys next month, hopefully. Yep. Bye.